It's your boy, Mr. Handcrafted, and welcome to the I Don't Know Shit Podcast. Uh, today I'm rocking Dolo, no co-hosts, they had other engagements, but today I have the special, what is it, the special uh, privilege. Honor, man. Honor. Privilege, honor. Uh, honor, and all that, to having my older brother, Mr. Councilman, Vincent Earl Jones. Dixon. <laughs> Dixon. Yeah. There you go. Uh-huh. Sorry about that. You can throw in the Hawaiian name, too, if you like. I'd rather not. Can you, can you even pronounce the Hawaiian name? I can probably not. Yeah? Can you? Kamako Kalani. Oh, there you go. Let's hear you say it. Kamako Kalani. See? You got Boom. it. It's in me. I'm not... Uh, so, I found out, y'all, randomly, uh, I'm, I'm Nigerian and Congolese. Uh-huh. I'm East African. African. Yes. Very proud of it now. Mm-hmm. At first, I was kind of like a little... Uh, you know what, bro? All right. So when I first found out, or before I found out, you know, you get the little spit tube and shit like that. And uh-huh. like, I was like, maybe I'm like native because I always heard pots was like native mm-hmm. Cherokee, all this different stuff. Uh-huh. A lot of stuff other than like African, you know? Mm-hmm. And so like, um, and then like I got like a, a red tint kind of to my skin, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like it's brown but it's like it got like a red to it you know mm-hmm. so i was like okay i could be like i could, I could see myself being like a little on the how they say clay in words you know what i'm saying like I, I could see that or whatever and so um when i found out bro and i got my ancestry back and it took that i was uh 35 35 nigerian mm-hmm. um like 15 percent congolese 10 percent bantu people and like nine percent Wells, that shit choked me up a little bit. I ain't gonna lie. Nine percent Wells. Well, uh, yeah, Irish. Which, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and uh, it had some other shit on there, whatever. But um, the way it described it, it was like basically your, your ancestors came from the like the docks, the like the like the docks in Louisiana or some shit like that. And mm-hmm. then it just, like it just kind of stops there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And for me, it just kind of like. It was kind of depressing because it's like there's no culture, there's no history, there's no, there's really no real trace of my ancestors. And it's not because there wasn't anything there. That shit was like wiped out. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. I don't know. And it kind of like, at first, it kind of made me depressed. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, but it it makes me kind of proud now. Like, when somebody like asks, like, what I am, I can actually be like, I'm African, mother. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> not African American. I yeah. mean, I'm American citizen, but I'm African. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. It just, it just feels different. Mm-hmm. When when you first got appointed mm-hmm. and you started to see the headlines and the newsletters and mm-hmm. uh, first black city councilman in Gresham. Yeah. How did that make you feel? Uh for me, I stayed off Facebook for like a week. I didn't post nothing. Like I didn't even look. But for me, initially, I was extremely uncomfortable. Um. Why? I, because I I'm more than just a black man, you know, right. and I be OJ. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm more than just a black, uh, an African American male, and I know, and I and people get distracted. <clears throat> I didn't want people to be like, oh, he just got to see because he's black, right. you know, and, and and there's more to that, and and and, and of course, people have ri- written articles since then talking about my contributions in the city and stuff like that. Um, but usually you only have, you only, you, you have one time you can, you only get to make a first impression once, right. you know? So if Absolutely. your first impression is first black man to whatever, and then, then that person, whoever's reading that article, whatever goes in their mind, as far as like 
African American or blackness or what it's always attached to that. It's never of a non it's 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 like once you're introduced as like a Republican or so and so, if somebody's on the left, they're not gonna be able to hear anything you're saying because of Yeah. But I guess that sucks because that's the whole point of being racist. Nobody should feel that way because you're black. Yeah, yeah. But um I was explaining to a gentleman before Mm-hmm. I think it was like actually the very first podcast with uh, Junior, the guy that uh, is a friend of mine that's a, a weed grower. Yeah. And he was basically saying like how he doesn't like to see that either. Yeah. Like he hates to see like first black this or first black that. Yeah. He was like, this person should be being noticed because they're good at this. Yeah. Not because of their skin color. Yeah. And I was kind of just explaining like that's true. But when someone's able to walk in a place that's never been able to happen before in life, it, yeah. and it needs to be celebrated. Yeah, yeah. And it needs to be. Yeah. It needs to be like. Yeah. This is this is a big. This yeah. is like, and I get where some people are coming from. Like, uh, America's not that bad. Blah 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 blah. And I'm just, I'm not saying that it's not bad. Yeah. But will you think of where we were sixty years ago? Yeah. To where we are now? Yeah. Like there has been a lot of progression, a lot of change, a yeah. lot of positive things have happened. Yeah, yeah. We still have a far place to go. Right. But there's a lot of change that has happened. Right. So when you get these opportunities like a first black president or a first black councilman, like yeah. of course you don't want to be just identified as the black man, but it does need to be celebrated. It does need to be like this was what's up, man. We yeah. we're making progress. Yeah. Not as the black man, but as a whole community. Right, right. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I mean, I do get where you're coming from, but it is something that does need to be acknowledged and celebrated. That's Absolutely. What it, yeah, my good friends, uh, Helen and, um, and Marion mentioned that. They're like, hey, you should, we should do like a small gathering, a small celebration. I was like, no, it's not a big deal. But they're like, no, we should celebrate this moment because it is a big deal. And then you could go back to doing your work. And uh, I don't like to be celebrated. That goes back to my whole shy thought. Yeah, 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 yeah. Shy. Uh, side um, but there is um, uh, there's a lot of validity in that as far as like it's okay to pause and yeah. acknowledge the moment and then it goes back to embracing your blackness so there is both sides but um, so yeah so we should we should, should celebrate this you weekend. should get, get, get a hold of those people and kind of like just, just at their cel- house yeah I was just cel- at their house the other day celebrate their celebrate that moment yeah. uh, hopefully I'll I can come by I take some pictures or yeah and record it or whatever but it does it I do understand where you're coming from. Yeah. But if you're going to represent the community, yeah. you have to realize it's not about what Vincent feels at this point. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like you're representing a whole. Mm-hmm. Like just because it's you, mm-hmm. it's not just you, bro. We right. all get to celebrate this moment with you. Right. Right. And I think that's kind of something that like I, I do. And, it, and it's probably with you being shy seeing your yeah. face all over the internet is probably like what the hell when i saw it for a while i was like y'all niggas don't really know him i used to take baths with this nigga <laughs> i was i had folks in rwanda and and in east africa and then even all across the u.s i was like oh you went viral i was just like what yeah, I, yeah it was it was weird yeah i didn't even 
that's why I said I had to unplug. Yeah, bro, that's good. That's yeah. I, I was I was I was happy, and I, for some reason I, we had a conversation that weekend before, or like two weekends before. Yeah, know? we did. I do remember that. <laughs> was like, how's that going to change anything? You being on? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I I still feel the same way. Uh huh. It's, I mean, you remember, you remember what I said? I was like, that's we for the folks, me. The folks are reporting to me or, or to us, the council, and you have more influence, and you're creating policies that truly impact. The community for me what i was saying was the, the <laughs> system is broken yeah regardless of what you plan on doing well i wasn't going to touch on this for yeah. me yeah the the judicial system politics all of it is broken it has to be rebuilt it is messed the f up it's from, so yeah. for me like yeah you can we can start yeah but for the change we need i'm not saying you can't do it uh-huh. but i'm one person but no but i now understand we're, that we're connected to that. folks from the legislator now right the I mean, folks that are yeah, setting the laws. You, just, and then you, those make, people, it, you make it and those sound people, like I, I was just like, oh, you can't do it. I, know, <laughs> I, I didn't say you can't do it. But, like, I feel like until the system is really broken on a bigger scale. Yeah. Right now, you fighting for Gresham. Yeah. Power to you, brother. <laughs> I'm talking about, like. Everybody. The yeah, rest of the state, bro. The state like, of Oregon. Not even, not even the whole world. Like, yeah. us as a community. It's just, I mean, starting Gresham and then it will bleed to. To, to Portland and to you know, I love, I love, a lot of optimism. And then it will grow <laughs> no, to Oregon. Just, and then from Oregon will be, and then we'll be across the whole U.S. This is, this is a whole country thing. And even one of my mentors told me last week, he's like, Vince, this is, don't try to carry this by yourself. This is bigger than you. You know, so just yeah. do your part and Gresham and then everything else will follow, follow suit. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I agree with that. By no means was I trying to like sound like it wasn't possible. I just, I just feel like I have my own opinions about politics and yeah. different things like that. Yeah. So I'm a little jaded when I come when it comes to um feeling like an individual can really contribute to an impact. It's kind of deeper than that for me. Yeah. We all contribute to the bigger. We all we are uh, all I really don't think we we have any control. We do. I think they have all the control. They don't. All right, we're not going to go there. <laughs> but <laughs> uh, but you on the other hand, yeah. I remember, all right, so can we, uh, we go, I mean, you just became councilman. Yeah. Congratulations, sir. Uh, yeah, thank you. No problem, no thank problem. You. Um, So when I first, first saw that, and it was popping up all over the internet. <laughs> Everybody was posting the shit. I was like, God damn. And at first, it kind of choked me up. <laughs> and sis called me, but we were talking about something completely different, right? Uh-huh. And I was like, sis. What the hell this nigga start identifying <laughs> as black? <laughs> and we sat there and laughed like we laughed for a good like 10, 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah. And we'll was, give them the context. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. No, 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 but like uh I thought it was funny because it was like I didn't want to post that because I didn't want people to be like, oh, this nigga being a hater and yeah. shit like that. Yeah, yeah. But like I feel like we would have understood, but yeah. like just growing up, I've always like you guys have always been like I'm 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 Islander. I'm, I'm mixed. I'm mixed. Yeah, I have all this, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's embracing the black. Yeah. So it's never been like um, I ain't never really heard it before. Uh-huh. So for me, it kind of choked me up a little bit. I was like, okay, nigga, about time. <laughs> better sooner than later, but nigga, welcome, <laughs> nigga, Wakanda forever, nigga. What you mean? <laughs> Yeah, he was like one of them. He was like the OJ. I'm not black, nigga. I'm OJ. <laughs> <laughs> that was this nigga. I'm just no. I'm just saying. 
I don't know. Should we edit that out? <laughs> we, you can't. I mean, yeah. It's. I mean, it's. It's, it's the the truth. That's something that I've, I've I've really never fully embraced. And growing up, we really didn't talk about. You know, both mom and dad. Yeah. Dad really didn't talk about that. And we've experienced, like throughout my childhood, forms of racism or being called in, out of my name or the N word or what have you. At age like I was in fourth grade when I first heard that. Right. Um. But yeah. So the last ten years have been the. Or I would say more specifically, the last seven years has been when I fully, fully embraced my my blackness and just my our heritage. So uh, for I I can I I guess on pops not like really talking about it. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't feel like it was like he didn't think or feel like it was a problem. I honestly felt like he was gonna be around long enough for it to not really matter. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, like I felt like if pops would have continued on doing what he was doing. Uh, all of us would have been in like a very different place in life, you know? Yeah. yeah. So I, I don't think it was like not a problem. Mm-hmm. I'm sure like in times like now, he would definitely be able to like tell a story, shit that he went through, shit he's seen grandpa and grandma go through. Yeah. They lived in Connecticut, you know what I mean? Right outside of New York. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know if it was racist I, out I, there, but. I, I asked Grandma Dixon this about three or four months ago in North Carolina, I asked her if she experienced it. She said, no, not really. And that was, really, yeah, it was a sense of community and there was more, it was all African-Americans. Yes, they were poor and there were sharecroppers, but I, I was, we were having the conversation around, I don't even know what made me ask. I think it's just cause I knew that they were from the South in Connecticut. Though? No, it was in North Carolina or South Carolina where uh, she grew up. And okay, then okay. she started sharing like how and gra- how her and grandpa Dixon got together and what have you. Oh, really? I just thought it was interesting cause I was wrestling with, you know, how were you able, like, the stuff that's happening today was it, I think the main reason why I asked her the question was because I wanted to know if it was triggering for her and how was she processing all the shit that's all the, everything that's happening right and, now. And so it's new for her, too, then? It's, supposed, it's not, I mean. It's not new for her, but she ain't never really, it, I don't know. I, we got to call grandma, man. You got to call grandma, and that's why it's important to stay connected. Um, for, I don't know. For me, I I, I, I don't know. I, I don't really, I don't really call them because I, I don't know. I don't, I just, you I don't should, know. you should. I don't really talk to none of the family, bro. I don't talk to nobody. Yeah. Well, you should call Grandma Dixon for sure because she's by herself right now with Aunt, with uh, Aunt, Aunt Cynthia. Cynthia. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Guilt trip. <laughs> I'm gonna call her after this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but everybody's situation is different, and even uh, on Mom's side, Grandpa, uh, Granddad has always. I don't know. He just he just stayed focused on what his goals were, and he didn't get distracted by everything. Bro, else. so your mom basically told me the story of Granddad uh-huh. going through his whatever he went through trying to become a pilot. Yeah. Did and he? That, yeah. Did she tell you that recently? It was like maybe a year ago or so. Yeah. 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 But that never deterred him. You but, know? but for me, that was one of the most depressing and I uninspiring was, stories I've ever heard. But yeah, for me too. But I, I use that as an example of systemic, you know, just on how like that shit was that, that could have changed that, our life in a major way. It, if he was a pilot today, that could have. No, you're absolutely. And that's and that's and I think that's what's depressing for me. But uh, what were you gonna say? For me, it just it's I don't know. It's just like when she told me it, I I was expecting to be like motivated. That shit was depressing. Like, yeah, nigga, hell no. The, the motiva- <laughs> yeah, the motivation for me is the fact that he didn't stop. That didn't stop him from trying, and he became to like become, a, market, a market manager. He was still successful. No, 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 you absolutely. Know. But like for that whole story, just like somebody you, using their power and their privilege to yeah, yeah. And, and you just like basically just was like okay, and just like took it and mm-hmm. I don't know. 
I'm I'm a petty nigga. I would have became like a German citizen or some shit like. That. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think that's what we call maturity, and that's what makes our culture beautiful, man. Absolutely, you, know, and you gotta keep on pressing and get distracted. Yeah, don't yeah. put me in no airplane. Yeah. I become, I become, I become one of them kamikazes, motherfuckers. No, now I caught what you meant by that. You might want to edit that part out. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> But no, I I think that's what's inspiring to me. And when when you ask him that, sometimes he gets choked up about it. But he's not. He, Granddad always says, "I'm not. I might be concerned, but I'm never consumed." And that doesn't. He doesn't. He just. He knows how to pivot. He has the art of pivoting and the yes. art of putting things in compartments and moving, building with what you have. And that's what he did. He turned lemon into lemonade, kinda. He yeah. he made a cherry limeade. A cherry limeade. He did. <laughs> He did. Uh, Actually, wasn't the full thing, but it, he made something with it. You know what I mean? He did. That's dope, though. Um, so I wanted to like so the, the whole point of bringing you on, bro. We were gonna do some uh, deaf interviews and stuff, but I kind of mm-hmm. just want to kind of start off light and kind of like get people to like know you. Like, who mm-hmm. are you? Like, like where'd you come from? Like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like, a lot of people to, are like, yeah, like yeah, where'd you come from? What's uh, this guy, this random guy, Gresham, who, just got a, who, who are you? Right. Yeah. Right. Like, what's, where'd you go to school? Yeah. Um, Did you go to church? That, or, mm-hmm. Were you religious? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I know, sorry. I know you're religious. We fucking grew up together. Yeah. As of, like, I don't know, like, are you supposed to talk about religion and politics? Nah, they, they always say, some people, a lot of people shy away from it. They say that it should be a separation between you know religion and, and politics well yeah. we're not even gonna talk about that then oh, this um, is your podcast we're not i'm not at city hall uh, right now okay well <laughs> where did you go to school i where did i go to school i was i'll start elementary school where'd you grow up first of all where did it all start like it started on uh, uh march 27th 1989 okay i came into this world um in puyallup washington which is just north of here puyallup uh and then we moved down to portland at the age of two uh in northeast portland they're off of Deacon. We lived uh, actually grandma's house, house off of 18th and Holman, yeah. in that nice greenhouse. I'm still, yeah. we'll we'll jump back to that. Uh, but I grew up in Northeast Portland, and then um, <laughs> Northeast De- Northeast Deacon went to Woodlawn Elementary School. Okay, mom pulled me well, out. D- did you got Did you go to like YMCA or anything like that? Boys and Girls Club. Which one? Blazers Boys and Girls. Oh, Club, you did. Okay. Yeah. Uh, when did you go there? Well, like what school? What grade? I was I was like first or second grade. First or second, it, right when it first opened up. Okay, okay. Yeah. Dude, like, how what was your experience there? Because I I ended up going to a, a a charter school that was placed there. It wasn't the Boys and Girls Club school, yeah. but it was like a charter school that was there. Yeah. What was your, what was your experience like going there? Uh, I mean, I remember the activity. I was a shy kid, so I uh, do you remember? Was I a shy kid? Nah, bro, you crazy, bro. What do you mean? I was a shy kid. What do you mean I wasn't a shy kid? I, I guess, I guess, yeah. I mean, you had friends, though. I mean, like... I, I was shy. I was At, shy. like, church and stuff? I don't that, remember. No, we're talking about YMCA and, and I don't and remember Club. back that young. I don't remember okay. back I, Yeah, I you were, like, three. Yeah, I don't remember back then. <laughs> no, I was uh, I was shy. So I, I, what I remember from the Boys and Girls Club is just... I remember the activities that we did, and... I was just shy. I don't. I mean, I remember like doing STEM, like science projects. Did you? Was it like a? Was it a good outlet for like kids in the community? Was it like? I didn't grow from it. I was shy and nervous. Okay. So I didn't. You weren't like a pinch of people person, like an introvert. I wasn't more. I was more or less an introvert back, back then. then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, as you got older, 
Like, uh, where'd you go to school? I was homeschooled, so mom took me out of oh, school. I do remember that. Remember that? I, I do remember that. Homeschooled for a couple years, and then we moved. It helped Dre. It didn't help you, though. Not at all. <laughs> Not at all. I cheated like a mug. I went to the back of the book. I wrote down the answers. Funny story. Misha will bring it up all the time. Misha is my wife's name. Um, er, time. All right, your wife. Yeah, sorry. What you wanted to know about the childhood first? Yeah, yeah, okay. Homeschooled, and then after homeschooled, we went out. We moved out to Hawkinson. Remember Hawkinson out in the boonies? I do remember the boonies. I don't remember the school though. Yeah, we were the only. There were only two African American families there, so we were one of the two or one of the three. Um, That was extremely different because there were kids there that had never been to school with black black people. Yeah, bro. And that was the first time that we were called a. The N word, yeah. You could say nigga or what have you, yeah. And then, uh, so yeah. So Hawkinson, uh, we moved to Hawkinson. Uh, only like two or three families of color or African American families. It was interesting. It was the first time that we've ever experienced racism in the form of name calling. Uh, Andreas, he ha- had the kid in play haircut. You remember that? Yeah. <laughs> hey, bro. Actually, I brought that up on here, bro. Don't don't try to dub on my brother, bro. You got me messed up. Time out, nigga. You had a motherfucker. I'm oh, sorry. Rat, you had sorry. a rat tail. Yeah, you had a rat tail. And bro, you had like a fro, but it like was a surfboard, bro. What was up with that? Like, where'd you get that from? That was all mom. Man. Yeah, like nah, that was bro. All mom. That was we mom's not blaming decision. Her. We I'm, not, I'm blaming nah. mom Mom you know it No yeah. bro yep. You had like the Johnny Bravo going I on did, bro I did man I did Why I did. That was mom She didn't let me cut I had to no, cut you, my No you, you didn't You alright Alright I was embarrassed I, I don't so think you had to, You probably had to Keep the tell uh, yeah. But Johnny Bravo but I, I oh, think the Bravo about? was you buddy That was That was you Because was. Even, even I think at one point Brian Brian tried that shit too You had my brother You had my brother over here Looking crazy with that shit Hey, hey! That was that was in the nineties, man. We grew out of it. But hey, nigga, the Johnny Bravo, hey, nigga, a black nigga with a Johnny Bravo fucking throat. Yeah, and then I had the yeah. So we did that. We gonna this, this is gonna be a lot of bleeping right there. <laughs> so after after Hawkinson, we uh we uh, dad passed, so we moved back to Portland, uh, and then how I, did how did that how how. Do you remember that day at all, bro? Yeah, I remember I, it vividly. I remember that day like yeah. it was yesterday. I remember every every moment of that day. All right, we ain't gonna make it all depressed. I was just kidding. Well, we can come back to that too yeah. when, when the time's right. Yeah. Um. Yeah, vividly. And then after we moved back to Portland, went to uh, I was homeschooled again, and then we went to uh, Roosevelt High School. Okay. And that's where I played football. Were you a part of like the like any like of the politics there like yeah uh, student council sorry yeah yeah student council football team leadership were you like yeah like what was like as far as like your childhood like were you like were you like what kind of kid were you like you a curious kid or you just shy you didn't do nothing yeah like nah bro you did something i remember you what did i do i don't know remember you You tell me what did i do i remember you wore them Nasty ass skateboard shoes with the thick ass (laughs) (laughs) we're talking about wardrobe i'm talking about Did I? Those vans? Yeah. They're like 10, bro. Yeah. It, hey, the funny thing is, when I got to high school, I have never seen a pair of Air Force Ones. I didn't even know what they were. Uh, uh, I was embarrassed because everybody would get excited when they see them Nikes and stuff like that. I had the same pair of Reeboks the whole freshman year. Yeah. And I felt, yeah, it was a huge cultural shift for me when I came over here to the north. Yeah. Um. So after high school, my mom uh, transferred me from Roosevelt to De La Salle my junior year. 
to answer your question, I did run for uh, city council, not city council, but uh, student body vice president. Or okay. Weren't you like the president? I was the vice president. Okay. I, well, for I got elected, but I it was going into my junior year, so I wasn't able to fill that role. Okay. Uh, that was at Roosevelt, and then I transferred to uh, to to De La Salle, and then after at De La Salle, I was just a. Uh, I didn't run for it. We didn't have offices. I was prom king. I don't know if that makes were you, a difference. Like, what was your like interaction <laughs> with the like students? Were you like, were you, was everybody like at, at that point, did you start to become like a extra dirt? I, you Ex- extrovert. Uh-huh. Um, you said I, extra dirt though. What's that? I, you, <laughs> you just, you just trying to clown. Cause I'm over here on your melon about your goddamn <laughs> Johnny Bravo, your shoes, bro. <laughs> don't be mad. I gotta kick you, it back. Cause you wore the goddamn vans. Yeah. And you used to, Wear right Reeboks and stuff. I, I bro, I swear you used to jail that, didn't you? No, I tried, but I got flakes. <laughs> ah, you did. I tried. I tried. Bro, I tried. Mom, I had, this thing used to rock that shit. Yeah, I tried. <laughs> uh, but we. Uh, so to answer your question about uh, when did I come out of my shell, I would say it was in. I, I guess it was at De La Salle or throughout my whole high school. What do you? Is there something? Was there a particular thing that like helped you come out of your shell? No. Was it like uh, just being more interactive with people? I think just being more interactive with people. And at De La Salle, we only had thirty-seven. I think it was like thirty-seven or thirty-nine kids in our class. Um, and it was a really small school in, in comparison to to Roosevelt. And everybody did, was. Did your teachers like you, or you were like, were you like a? Did you become like a the class clown? Right? No, that was Andreas. Andreas was a class. So I was Mister Nice Guy. I was Mister. Vincent is nice and good with everybody, and that was me at, at at De La Salle. Yeah, and then I was the new kid on the block. So I was the new kid from the big Roosevelt High School and stuff like that. So yeah. that played a part. Yeah. Um, but so, yeah, so I mean, you used to get the ladies, huh? Ah, uh, everybody liked me, but I didn't date anybody in high school. I probably shouldn't do that. No, it's okay. <laughs> everybody knows. Actually, I did. I I escorted like three folks from my school to to prom. Oh, nigga, year. I thought you was about to say you was an escort. No. I was like, nigga, what? <laughs> Tell me more. I didn't know this no, about you. No, no. I, I, uh, no, we, for me, I was just a nice guy. So I took pictures with like three people from, from so, my class, I think. So what do you mean? You took, uh, so you were there and you had. I was there and I was committed to. Three different women. Three different classmates, yes. So yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I was right. Yeah, yeah. I was. A, yeah, I got good. I got good memory. Yeah. yeah. So, but okay. that. I mean, yeah. So for me, I. You have to ask me better questions because I don't like talking about myself. Um, what do you so, mean? Ask you better questions because I don't know what I did. And at, at De La Salle, at, at in school, I I'm just trying. To, I'm just trying. To, I'm just trying to get you. Give you like. You kind of, you're just kind of like running over a whole bunch of shit, and, uh, I'm, yeah. try, and I'm trying, and I'm trying to like slow me sl- down, slow you down, okay. back you up. Yeah. So at so at Roosevelt, I'll share with you some pivotal things that impacted my life in high school. Don't so, tell me in a story, nigga. Like like in a fucking list. Tell me like I, no. I'm gonna I'm okay, gonna share, I'm gonna okay. share. I'm gonna give you okay a bullet point and then share how it impacted me. It ain't all right. Yeah. So first at Roosevelt High School, they had this program called Step Up, um, and the what was it? What did it stand for? What was? That's a great question. I don't remember. I just okay. remember Hanif and Robin were the uh, facilitators at the time. Okay. Um, and the main purpose, what I remember from my moment or going through the step-up trainings uh, or going through the retreat, 
was I remember that I connected with students um, that I wasn't connected with initially. And it like I felt like layers were coming off. Like I felt more comfortable with my voice. Um, so that's probably when you started to come out that my introvert sh- yeah. and come out yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. Yeah. So I feel like my voice, uh, I was developing my voice going through that through that process and making connections. Um, and then, uh, and then playing football. So all my buddies, that's where I learned. This is how you're supposed to rock. I, uh, so like, I don't know, like this is, could be random. Mm-hmm. If you like, if you could possibly help like a, a shy kid. Yeah. Kind of like take the steps to kind of like get out of his like shell. Like, mm-hmm. what would you think? Like some steps you did, like. Was it the fact that like you started to make more connections with people in your class and became more close, like more your um, social life became bigger, mm-hmm. and so your fear of people like laughing at you or rejecting you mm-hmm. became smaller, mm-hmm. or you just became that nigga? Like, what was it? Uh, I think I just became that guy. <laughs> okay, <laughs> no, okay. No, I, I would encourage I would encourage people to one. <laughs> First step is to, 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 to figure out what you're passionate about, passionate about and or what do you enjoy and or like, um, and then engage in conversations around that specific topic. Okay. So I know that's pretty broad, but let's say if you. If it's you just, it's try to, it's, I think at the end of the day, it's like be yourself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Don't try to like be yeah. a part of a crowd. Mm-hmm. Just just be yourself and you being yourself. Uh-huh. Just everything will kind of just almost attract to you. Yeah, exactly. It's like an energy. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's um, that's what I would encourage my younger self or someone that's in high school to do. I feel like now. a lot of kids go through that, and I mm-hmm. feel like the root of it is not knowing how their peers or classmates are going to respond to them. I mean, maybe mm-hmm. they get made fun of. Maybe they don't feel like they have the flyest shit or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I feel like if you're like really true and comfortable to like who you are mm-hmm. and not what other people mm-hmm. i mean bro you always find like the Yu-Gi-Oh people and the yeah. motherfuckers that run around like this and shit with their <laughs> hands behind your back you see there's a little group of them uh, yeah yeah bro yeah. They, they, like they being themselves you know what i'm saying uh-huh. so i mean like and they're happy not, and absolutely they're happy. you don't have to worry about code switching or yeah they're not even code switching or just being someone that you're not yeah you know? You're not I mean, be productive. What, what what is code switching? What does that mean? Where you're where you're changing to to adapt change to your surroundings. Exactly. But isn't that survival? Isn't it survival? It depends on which environment you're in. No, but I, right. So bait like code switching. Is I mean, not, I don't. That's not necessary. I felt I like I felt like when you said code switching, I felt like it was in like a like you don't you shouldn't code switch. Like I mean, I'm. Completely 100 I mean I'm not different You shouldn't But adapt, like You shouldn't I, adapt so much Where you Lose who you are Yeah exactly Okay That's I think okay. Yeah So I guess there's good Code switching and bad code switching I don't know I feel like survival I feel like survival And code switching are different I, I, I knew what yeah. you meant But yeah. I, I knew what you meant I just Some people might hear code switching was like What does it mean code switching Right You know what I mean And so, people have asked What does that mean code Right switching? Exactly yeah. So I just wanted you to Kind of like break it down So basically it's like it's like when people get certain jobs or they find might elevate, they mm-hmm. feel like they then have to become something else to fit in with their that elevated peer level. Right. And they end up losing who they truly are to their core. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah, I, I would agree with that too. Right. But as far as like having to like not act a certain way mm-hmm. around certain people, mm-hmm. I think that's just sometimes life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. But back to you. 
and you're back to us in this conversation and you're in your upbringing uh-huh. on like we were talking about like you finally came out of your shell mm-hmm. and that was what at De La Salle I would say uh, throughout my whole high school like from sophomore year all the way up through De La Salle yeah so sophomore year was Roosevelt Roosevelt yeah what so you started there freshman year yep and you went Roosevelt Roosevelt yep and then you went De La Salle, De La Salle junior year junior or, year. or late Junior year. No, okay, junior, junior year. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Okay. And how how was the how was the change from going from a, like a public school to a private school? It was challenging just because was it was it? yeah. Okay. One because of the size, two because of the academic just the rigor as far as the What does uh, rigor mean? Sorry. Just the cha- just the the structure, the curriculum that they that Okay. They the expectation and the expectations okay. yeah, of the teachers. It was a college prep school, so there's a couple classes I had to take twice, two times in a in a row. Um yeah, so it just the standard was was different. Okay. Uh, yeah, Brody Brody excelled at that though. Dre. Yeah, he did. He was really good. With he that. did. Yeah. Until he just it just wasn't enough for him. It, yeah, yeah. He ended yeah. up drop. He left De La Salle and then he uh, got his GED. Then he got his GED. Very high scores though. It wasn't like some yeah. barely passed. I barely, I I got enough just to get my pass and it was almost like they passed me. It was like this. Hope this nigga do no, not no, come back. Don't come back. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Dave, look at you now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> as far as like, um, so you went to high, you went to high school. You yep. went to Roosevelt. Yep. De La Salle. Yep. You applied for a student body president. Mm-hmm. Uh, you were part of the football team. Yep. Um, after while you were in in private school, De La Salle. Like, what was your plan for afterwards? Like, yeah. what was like, what direction did you want to head? I wanted to be a music mogul. Believe it or not, you probably didn't even know this. So, Lisa Gates, Miss Lisa Gates, she's still she's still around. Uh, I think she's a therapist now. And I remember it was my senior year. I remember we actually it was my junior year. We went on a junior retreat and we had a big old sheet of paper and we all all of us in my class wrote out uh, what we wanted to be. And I put down music mogul because I watched. Uh, I forgot this music executive, Mike. Mr. Stout. Oh, Mr. Stout. Can, uh, sorry, oh, my bad. Uh, uh, I think his name, his last name is Stout. He's a music executive. Steve Stout. Steve Stout, yes. You know, uh, I, I don't know, know his sport. I, I don't know his backstory, but I just, the thing that. So, uh, Steve Stout, that's the man. He was like so. He was, he was exec- like he, he's he was, a boss. That's he was. I, I don't. I don't really know, but I think he was like a marketing genius. He yeah. was like the one that started to do like commercials and stuff. And yeah. Collabed like the NBA with yeah. like hip hop yeah. and like all these different things. Like yeah. he was like a, a marketing genius. Yeah. Is yeah. what I think yeah. Steve Stout was back in the nineties. I'm not a hundred percent sure. Don't quote me. That oh. and, a, and a music mogul too. So marketing right. and music mogul. And right. I don't know why or where, but I just like. I remember just hearing him talk on YouTube. And he stuff like he told a story. Sorry to interrupt you. He told yeah. a story on Drink Champs where uh, I think it was like P Diddy busted him in the head with a wine bottle or some shit That's like crazy. that. It's That's crazy. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I, I just liked his passion, and we had uh, similar interests. I remember I sat in Miss Gates' room office. She's like, I told her I'm gonna come back, and I'm gonna be the the guy. I'm gonna be a music mogul and all this other stuff. <laughs> I don't even remember why we were talking about that, uh, but that's what I wanted. And then even fast forward, I I knew I wanted to do something in in media and production, and a lot of that came from us growing up in the church and them doing the those big productions like Bloodbot and Give hey. Me a Star. And I remember I would used to sit behind the uh, soundboard and watch them do the sound effects and stuff like that. See, like when, so like when you, like when we were talking about growing up and you were shy. Yeah. Like I was like, 
that's not what I remember. That's the Vincent I remember is like the one you're talking about now. Like you were like in plays, like you yeah. were doing like the soundboards. Yeah. Like you always had like people like always around you. Yeah. You and Porsche were always like that. Like so for me it was like, nigga, when was you shy? I think I was more or less introvert. I like I didn't like to be the center of attention. Attention. I think that, I like cha- I, that, that, that definitely changed though. Yeah. Well, I don't like I still don't like to be the center of attention. I, I still like to be I, I'm more behind the scenes too, bro. Yeah. I like the behind the scenes. It's nice back there. Yeah. The shade. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then people don't know that you're back there, but you're bringing, you know, you're bringing this stuff. A lot of value, and yeah. like it's more like the creative piece. Yeah, like here it's like we're we're not talking about me. Um, so as far as as you were started to progress, you the music mogul. Uh-huh. At what point did it like change? Like why? What? What? What yeah. deterred you from the mogul? Yeah. yeah. What? Um. And um. I guess like when you tried to become that music mogul, what did you do? Like, you, did you just say you want to become a music mogul, or did you like actually start to take steps to become that that dude? Yeah, yeah. So in high school, I started DJing. I went okay. to, I snuck out, went to a party. The music kept on stopping. I was just like, this is. I, and again, I was a shy guy, so I wasn't dancing with anybody. Right. Uh, and I was like, you know what? We need to have somebody that can control the music. Is how you control the the crowd is by the music that you play. And, right. And what have you? So I picked up DJing. I uh, started doing mobile DJ DJing with Ultimate Entertainment and Zeke Zeke Goodrich was the guy, um, and Granny took me there to get that job. By the way, yeah. um, and then I DJed for a little bit, and then I decided I was going to go to school for radio broadcasting. Okay, and my goal was to become at that point was to become the next uh, Ryan Seacrest. Aww. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Did you know that? If, have you ever listened to Ryan Seacrest? I don't give a damn. Did you listen to his? Do you listen to this? I voice? do not care. Have you seen how he I do not care on, on, on American Idol. Have you seen I how he presents and how like not. how articulate and how direct how he is? Do I talk? I... <laughs> <laughs> what? Ryan Seacrest. You wanted to be bro. a white mother? No, I wanted to be. Nah, bro. To... There is somebody black. That is just as good or better than Ryan Seacrest. Yeah, I agree. Okay. I love how Roland Mar- Martin, how he does okay, conducts his interviews, and stuff, but he wasn't around at the time. So Ryan Seacrest, if you ah, listen nigga. to, if you on the show, just his ability to engage and to is host. That, I guess, I guess, I guess that's not wrong. I guess, yeah. that's, I guess I'm being petty. Yeah, because I'm sure there's a lot of white kids that want to be Michael Jordan. Yeah, or like, you, or me. Okay, you yeah. right, you right, you right. So I we're don't know. The, I don't, are you right? I'm. Uh, if you, I don't know Brian, that he was the goat. Ryan Seacrest is the goat of broadcasting. I, I guess so. you, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're yeah. right. Yeah, he made his way. I don't know. That shit just is weird. It, I, there it was nobody sad. else. I mean, I didn't care for anybody. I thought what's his name was too cheesy. I can't say his name. Uh, like today, I think everybody on the Breakfast Club is hot as fire. Charlemagne, I got both his books, bro. Did I, you I, read them? <laughs> <laughs> Did you read them? <laughs> yes, I, so I read. I read. How were uh, they? Black Privilege. Uh, uh-huh. Black Privilege. Oh, I haven't even. I haven't read either one of them. So books. Black Privilege. He has really good. He answer, He asks really good questions. So Black Privilege, I think, is really dope. Um, he's is actually, that the newest one? No, his shook one. Uh, my mind's playing. My mind's playing tricks on me. Is the is the second one? It's the newest one. I think. Okay. Unless there's like a brand brand new no, one. No. So yeah, there's two of them. 
And I got both of them And mm-hmm. I actually liked both of them At first I didn't really know How I felt about Charlemagne Because all I saw Was like what I saw On like yeah. the internet Yeah But don't judge me bro But the first thing That got me drawn to him Was like In his book uh, Black Privilege yeah. Is when he started Talking about how Like he used to sell crack And he was like Stayed in the trap house And shit like that I mm-hmm. was like Oh what It's something that you it, it, Like Don't Come on bro <laughs> I saw <laughs> Hey, nigga, you got some blow on my spot. No, <laughs> I, nah, nah, I don't know what you're talking about, bro. I don't know, man. It was just, I could, it was cool to be able to be like, hey, bro, yeah. I know people like that. You uh, know what I'm saying? Yeah. Come on. That's man. something you can relate to because we do. We know people like that. Yeah, okay, there you go. He <laughs> took too long to finish the sentence. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. Um, so, uh, for me, I liked his book a lot, and yeah. he's a lot of the reason that, like, uh, not that I did this. It's not like I want to be like the next Charlemagne the God. Yeah. Like, um, I guess he kind of uh, he he's very um, I feel like influential, inspirational, and like he like he like talks about very vast he like talks about politics hip hop all mm-hmm. that kind of shit but mm-hmm. for me it's like i think my thing is like learning about things and spreading knowledge right bridging gaps right uh finding out things that people might not understand and bringing light to it you know right. what i mean yeah, it yeah. might not be even something that i'm interested in, but just something that's like a topic that like could potentially educate or make somebody else's life like a, easier by like just shining a little light on a little something like mm-hmm. that's what i want to do mhm but in his black and his put in his book, Black Privilege, he talks about how opportunity comes to those who create them. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he My talks favorites to, are prepared. That yeah, same, same, yeah. And it's like, he wait, ta- say that again, because I opportunities come for those. Uh, opportunity comes to those who create them. Right. Comes to those who create them. Right. 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 So it's like it's not like if you want to do something. <clears throat> I think he says something like I don't know if he said it in a book, but like even like are on his uh, show, mm-hmm. but it's like, if somebody comes up to me and says they want to be like, do podcasts mm-hmm. or do like, do like be a rapper yeah. or something like that. Yeah. And you don't have a YouTube channel or mm-hmm. you don't have a demo. Yeah. The f- you in my face for. Right. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm not about to sit here and take some random person and just give you this like career. Like there right. are some talented people that that happens for. And, right. and, and like that, that does happen. Right. But if you're not sitting here taking the the steps you need to get towards there and then you find somebody that kind of help you like give you a hand up mm-hmm. like it's completely different mm-hmm. and so for me it was like when i wanted to do this like i've said this in previous episodes i'm not going to talk about me too long but like i didn't I like this isn't something i wanted to do yeah I'm a behind the scenes type of dude. I yeah. wanted to pay for it. Yeah. I wanted to direct it, help yeah. create the content, but i wanted other people to be here. here. Right. I couldn't find anybody, so I kept the show rolling. You right. know what I'm saying? So, like, <clears throat> that book was very inspirational for me to create this. Mm-hmm. The other book, Shook One, was another book that was really, really good because it talks about, like, mental health. It mm-hmm. talks about, like, anxiety and how most black people suffer from anxiety. Mm. Regardless if it like, what it is, it can be, like, a relationship you have with your parents, mm-hmm. relationship that uh, you see on the internet from... Right black people yeah. and cops and whatever yeah like 
most black people have went through something traumatic that yeah. they're affected by. Yeah. And in the black community, we do not talk about that. It's mm-hmm. like you you uh like people don't go to like see counselors or anything like that. It's just yeah. like it's something you shake under the rug. It's yeah. like usually like we go smoke a blunt, we go drink. Yeah. We do something to kind of just ease the pain and we don't really ever deal, deal with, with that it. shit. You right. know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. So um that's another book is actually helped me. I actually want to start actually going back to therapy and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. like, Oh, you have? Yeah, actually I, I've gone, I think I've done like three sessions. Okay. Um, it, I don't, I don't want to talk about me. Um, I've gone to therapy too. I, 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 I mean, I, I, I guess, all right, all right. So, um, it's good. I mean, it's, it's us. It's not just it's, me. It's us. No, I was just saying in general, I feel like I was actually looking at some of the episodes and shit like that. And I was uh, watch, actually watching somebody else's episode and they were mm. talking about how, uh, some people when they talk they they seek validation yeah and how they speak and I, yeah and i was just looking at some of my shit and i i definitely do that and so uh, and so for me i, I feel like i don't want to get on a tangent about me 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 you can edit it out yeah there so. we go <laughs> <laughs> so i want to go back to like um um you mm-hmm. and basically how uh basically how your process from transferring from private school mm-hmm. or public school to private school mm-hmm. how you wanted to become the mogul mm-hmm. um the steps you took you ended up becoming a dj mm-hmm. did you do like house parties or yeah what did like were you like what, what was your dj name did you have a dj name Don't tell me you. your dj name no, i can't tell you the dj name. you have to it's not from it's not for me it's, have it. It's, it's for it's for the few listeners that i have my dj name was dj clean with the clay, with the K, it was clean. Clean with the K. Yeah, yeah. Funny as hell. It really is. It really is. Yeah. You have a ball head? No, man. It was clean with the K because I played clean mu- clean mixes and clean music. Yeah. <laughs> corny, I know. I'm corny, bro. I no. like corny, bro. No, no. I love corny, but that is corny. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just up. Yeah. So, but after, all right. So, like after that, like, um, like what what happened? Like what? Yeah. Like what? Like what? 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 What happened to the DJ dreams? Yeah. Oh. Dear. Do Do you still like? Do you still have any? Do you ever? Can you, can you, can you, yeah. I mean, I can. No, I can't mix anymore. I still oh, okay. have my DJ stuff. Um, I got. Uh, actually, the street happened. That's what happened. You can edit this part out, but no, uh, don't talk about it because I keep this mother <laughs> nigga. Yeah, no, I mean to be honest, I just well, I, I hate starting stuff by saying to be honest. Uh, just life happened, and I stopped DJing. <laughs> life happened. You know, uh, I was mad at you for that shit, bro. For what? Stop DJing? No, the whole everything and how it happened, ended, transpired. I was mad at you for a very long time. What was I supposed to do? I don't give a. F- Nigga. What I mean, I had options, but the options I weren't get, good. I don't got that. That's the that's the that's the challenge well, how, of our what's, world. What's the emoji, baby? <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the challenge. I don't care, bro. So, I, so during that care. time, I even was working in the death care industry. So during that time, I I started. I do not care. What what would you have done? Not what you did. What did I do? We ain't gonna talk about it. What did I do? 
We ain't gonna talk about it. What did I do? Tell me what I did. I can't do it. Huh? I'm not gonna do it. Not on camera. What? Which part? Which part? The ending. How it transpired. What was the end result? The end result. What happened at the very, very end? I didn't do anything. Oh, okay. Don't tell me. Do we need to mute it or what? No. uh, Let's just move on. Okay. Um, So, like I said, I went... Uh, at that time, I was working in the death care industry. Uh, started off as a removal technician, and then we had. Video. What is that? What is a removal technician? A re- you used to pick up dead bodies. I used to care for families. Yes, and it wasn't. No, one. so you used to pick up dead bodies. I used this. I'll tell you what it is specifically. <laughs> I don't like to use that term. <laughs> oh, am I being insensitive? It would be. I would be insensitive if I said yes. And restated what you just stated. So for me, my bad. Yeah, no, it's okay. It's okay. Most people don't know. Okay. Um, but uh, as a removal technician, it's your job to go in and meet with families right after the death occurred, share with them the next steps, and then prepare their loved one to be transported back to their funeral home, and then ultimately transport them back to the to the funeral home. So you take the bodies and go see the family. I go see the family once the death happened, happens, and then bring their their loved one back to the funeral home so i did that for four years eight months and was it good pay was it worth it it was worth it yeah of course it was it was great pay what made you stop uh i worked in that industry for over a decade and i sort of i got burnt out Uh, it's it's something weird about working around dead people no it was more or less the culture um and i wasn't growing financially i wasn't where i wanted to be and then another opportunity came I feel up. like I feel like when people say that it's like I guess we're gonna spin for real quick, but like like I don't ever expect any job to put me where I need to be financially. That's a good point. Yeah. I don't give a damn what it is. I mean if I could become a doctor, a lawyer or something, but that's still a bunch of money I done invested in myself. Mm-hmm. So I feel like this notion that people need to find a job to like change their reality is some crazy ass shit in my, for, for, my eyes yeah yeah for me does would, that make sense that does but for me in my situation maybe you could speak to it is i was working 50 60 hours a week i was managing and i wasn't making and i was mis- missing out on time with my family and it was a stressful position so so, so and then i wasn't making a ton of money like if i was making 100k See? 80k 90k i would be fine if if misha was able to work from home and our benefits were great sure that's an easy yeah. sacrifice. That's I easy. That. And I didn't and my family wasn't advancing. So the cost, you know, it wasn't it wasn't worth it right, in that right, moment. Right. Yeah. So from there I decided to uh uh I I thought about uh pursuing uh firefighting. That didn't work out. Why? Where'd you do that at? When I went that, I, I got Wait, you you you're going off. So like um we did DJing. That yeah. didn't really work. Okay. And yeah. then you got in like the death care industry. Right. But were, did you end up going to college then? Or yeah. like, well, so I went to college for broadcasting and communication. Okay. Were you still working? Like, what yeah, was the problem? I was prob- still working at the funeral. What home. was, what was life like? Did you have a girlfriend? Did you like, <laughs> like I, I didn't, I didn't have a girlfriend. I had a couple people that I talked to. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the Vincent, I know. Okay. Okay. No, Sorry. no. Uh, <laughs> no, I actually at that time I met Misha. Uh, which is my wife now. Was it then? Was yeah, it, it was 2000. And I met Misha like a month after I started working at the funeral home, like two months. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, man. <laughs> Whoops. No, yeah, I met Misha like. We ain't gonna talk about this no more. We gonna get somebody in trouble. I don't, I don't want to talk about this anymore. <laughs> when did I meet Misha? No, I'm joking. <laughs> 
no. But it's not funny. You might not have No, I, I got hired in 2000. And the dates aren't adding up for me. Ready. So um, you went to PCC, and there, I, I yeah. think, weren't you a part of that first, like, when they got that firefighter school or whatever? Like, what was it? Weren't you about to become a firefighter? I what? was. So I got, so I met the chief of the fire department in Gresham. And he's like, hey, you should consider becoming. In Gresham? I thought it was at PCC. No, it was in Gresham. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then I uh, went through the EMT program because you need to become an EMT. First. In order to, yeah. yeah. Be considered as a firefighter or to even apply for the Gresham uh, Fire Department. Uh, so I went through that process, passed the, passed the class. I didn't pass the state exam. Um, so I didn't, I just put that one in the bag as far as not. Uh, pursuing that and then like two years later i thought about uh the police department and there was things that happened in between then but your question well, was can you keep filling some things like what happened like so people try i'm trying to i'm trying to get people to like kind of know who you are and like a mm-hmm. little bit about inside councilman mr vincent arrow jones dixon yeah yeah so like what's up man like like how was how was that experience? Like how was taking that test? Like yeah. was it hard? Yeah. Were well, your classmates like were they like supportive? Yeah, were, I think you, it, did, I'll, I'll touch on it for like thirty seconds because it wasn't a big a big rock for me. So for me, the um, I think the most challenging thing was it's pretty competitive competitive as it pertains to the fire. You know the firefighting industry or what have you. So like we're gonna back up. So as far as like the whole like um, firefighting and like so like. What was like your experience there? Like, were the people there like supportive? Like, yeah. did you ever feel different? Were like for being African American? Were there other Black people there? Yeah. Like, what was that? What was that like? Yeah, no, I didn't feel any different. I think it was great because everybody, uh, the folks that were in the class, the majority of them wanted to become firefighters, and primarily because of the culture, and they were passionate about about okay. that. Uh, so it was cool being introduced to that, and then also being introduced to the medical side. I, I had no idea that. For firefighting or for uh, firefighting in Gresham, seventy percent of the calls are medical calls. So I think that's everywhere, though. I feel like yeah, it, I feel I feel like firefighters. I think are like the first people to show up on most calls. Yeah, yeah. The majority of the calls are medical calls, and I didn't I didn't know that. I thought it was like fighting fires and stuff like that, but it, it it's not. So just uh, going through that process about learning uh, like medical the medic side was extremely interesting and challenging at the yeah. same time. It's not something you can just smile your way through. You have to actually study and know the practices. Because uh, people's lives are <laughs> at stake, right. um, so we're that state, was cool. Which they treated the police department like that, huh? Huh? We're we're getting to that. <laughs> getting to that point. I think they're all all practice. Yeah, we're getting to that point. Um, so, but that was that was like after what, what, eight years of me being in the fu- in the funeral industry, and at that time I was I really about what, about how how old were you? Like I was twenty six, I think. Twenty six. Yeah, okay. twenty six or twenty seven. And okay, at this point you had you had tried to be a DJ and really work out. Or yeah, it didn't go as planned or whatever. Yeah. And then you tried to become like um, what well, we just said it like a firefighter or whatever yeah. that didn't really work out. Yep. And then you're about 26. Mm-hmm. So like, what what was like from there? Like, did you get discouraged? Mm-hmm. Was it like was it like a was it like I did a I did a um a book review with this uh this lady I kind of kind of sort of kind of grew up with or whatever and her her it was called the wait it's your like time of wait where mm-hmm. you're like kind of in limbo kind of just trying to figure out what what you're gonna do mm-hmm. did you ever like reach that point of wait like were you in that point of like not knowing what the hell was gonna happen like did you ever get discouraged yeah and if so like what helped you climb that hill? Yeah, yeah. For me, it's um, 
I was newly married or well, four years into marriage at that time. And okay. then I had a daughter or I still have well, a daughter. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I, I, when you're making those type of decisions, I think that was, you had to take those things into consideration as far as like you taking another job and what yeah, have you. Yeah, so, yeah. um, so yeah, that was, I guess that was the, the weight for me. But as far as like, was that a, before you end up finding like that next passion? Like what did like after that, what did you, what did you start to do? Like, what was your, what was your, like, usually like, like usually when you talk to people or something like that and they'll mm-hmm. like end up going to like chase their dreams, like become a firefighter mm-hmm. or, or do something very big like that. Mm-hmm. And, and they get to a point where it doesn't end up working in their favor. Mm-hmm. Like most people kind of like almost like get discouraged or like, uh, feel like woe is me a little bit. Yeah. And so like, I'm saying like when that happened, mm-hmm. like, did you go and find another job? Yeah. Did you take a few months off? Like, yeah. What was that process? Yeah. Yeah. For me, I just stayed working in, at the funeral home. Oh, okay. Yeah. You're still at the funeral home yeah. through, through this process. Yeah. Okay. I was still at the funeral home through the process. Um, and then just opportunities continue to work, open up at the city. As far as like community, they did this project called uh, this community liaison project for a development that they were building they're in the city of Gresham and uh, in Rockwood specifically. Mm-hmm. And then I just continue to participate in like community com- conversations around okay. policing and, and everything else. That That's so at what, when all that was happening, mm-hmm. how long it was it before Dre got killed? Uh, Dre passed. He got killed like two years before. When people say passed, I feel like that means like, he died of like cancer Dre got killed two years before There you go Yeah Okay And like during that Did that make the process harder? No No? No as That far didn't as change the, life or anything? Did what make the process harder? Dre dying Like going what, through what, school what, and process? shit like that Like, like nigga life What you mean going through school? Like Mm-mm. no? No It was just like ah whatever <laughs> No not at all I think In what way? When you said, did it like make, for me? When see, you say, when you, you say the process, about me again. Damn, when you say, when bro. you say the process harder, is it more or less? Uh, was like it, mentally, physically, like that yeah, shit wore I, on my fucking body every single day? I think about Andreas. That's not I mean, what I'm he, asking you. Yeah, as far as like, yeah, then ask the question a different way. Um, I don't know. For I just feel like when something like that happens, it uh-huh. affects people in a certain way. Yeah. And so, like, for me, I guess I'm going to talk about me. For me, when I went through that process, like, like I, I fucking didn't eat. I didn't sleep. I yeah. fucking woke up with nightmares. Fucking, mm-hmm. like, I... Yeah, for me, I'm still re- processing his death, to be to. That's, like, I'm still, like, every single moment, I'm still... Uh, for me, I kind of already process it. I honestly don't feel necessarily the way I felt mm-hmm. when it all first happened, but that's another conversation for another time. Yeah. But um that shit really uh, it messed me up, man. <clears throat> and like uh I just was curious on like at what point did you like what what was your like I guess what people would say coming to God? Like what what at what point did you realize like you wanted to try to make an effect and impact on the community? Yeah. Or try to like the you, day he died. The day he died. The day he died was was when I, I I wanted to get engaged because three months prior to him to, to him being killed, we were driving through from Eastport from Mom's house, and we he asked me to drop him off in the apartment complex right behind where he got where he died in those blue apartments. Yeah, and he's like he was just describing the community, and he said that 
be I want I wanted to end and he was saying that he wanted to start like an after school program or activity around math and science to introduce kids to something different than street life. Sure. So and that and then when he died I looked to the to the right uh of the gate and I saw faces of these kids and and, and they just uh, my mind immediately went back to that conversation. I'm like I want to get get started but I didn't know where to start or what have you because at that time I wasn't doing anything in the city and then Misha did a project called Who is Rockwood and during that time I had an opportunity to share you know the impact of Andreas's passing on on me and how I was processing things and there was like three or four people that were there the day that he died and uh, they they were crying and they were sharing the impacts that it had on them um, and ever since that was like a catalyst for me as far as being engaged um, there in Rockwood specifically and Gresham that's what's up. Yeah. Uh, so at that point, you were like, so I guess that year that Dre got killed, there was mm-hmm. a, there was a few kill- people that got killed. There was a good number of killings mm-hmm. or whatever. And so like uh, as you were living out there in Gresham, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, as you were living out there. What are some things that you like noticed that like might contribute to uh, the activity or gang life like that or mm-hmm. certain things that happen? Like, what are some things that you notice that might like feel that fire? Yeah. Are there particular things? Yeah. Yeah. I, I asked one of my buddies that at a community event two years ago and he said uh, he he said that there needs to be more things to do, like more activities, whether it's block parties or something to break up the, the rhythm or the cadence of the, the stuff that's happening. Right. Um, and then the other thing that I've heard is just opportunities, like folks knowing what opportunities are available to them, whether it's work, um, like, see, high- and I feel like that's what, and we were kind of talking about this before we even started. Yeah. And, uh, I need to be careful how I say this, but I feel like, uh, that's the kind of shit that I feel like I, I agree with, but I disagree with. Mm-hmm. Like, why are we waiting for a block party or something like that to change them to cadence? I feel like some of the stuff that happens in our community is mm-hmm. fueled by us. Yeah. So until we take the steps mm-hmm. to eradicate that first, mm-hmm. it don't fucking matter what programs they make no cadence changes ain't none of that really gonna matter yeah i think it's but what is gonna happen is there's gonna be a few kids mm-hmm. that are trying to do the shit and pay attention to the programs and different things mm-hmm. and there's just gonna be another get good kid that gets killed in the fucking crossfire of some stupid shit yeah yeah i think it's, it's i think it's uh, i think proximity i do I, you get what i'm saying yeah, i do get what you're saying but i think at what point do we stop looking for everybody to fix our shit and we fix it ourselves. I think there's two things. I think it's not just one person. Just like some people say it's a left thing, it's a right thing, or it, it's the Democrats that... I'm not talking about politics. I, I know, I'm but talking about it's, us it's, as It's, it's going to carry into it. Okay. I'm using it as an example. Okay. Um, and it's the same, the same thing that they say with the left and the right. It's the same thing with community. We need each other in order to find a solution. Like it's not, yes, the folks that are participating in that stuff, they have to take personal responsibility and come to the table and say, this is this, this is what I'm going to contribute to the solution. And right. yes, the city or whoever should meet folks in the middle and be like, yeah, I'm going to, it's our, this is my responsibility. This is what I'm bringing to the, to the solution as well. We need each other to, to find that. And we need to help each other in order to achieve that 
um, that whatever that solution is or whatever that might look like right. in, in that situation. Um, uh, by no means me saying that, do I not think there's like a problem? There was not, I'm not saying that there wasn't redlining. There wasn't like systematic oppression. There yeah. aren't these, there aren't these things that are holding black people back. I'm not, I do. I understand. Yeah. I've experienced it. Yeah. I've had to go through it through my life. My yeah. kids have gone through it. Yeah. But I feel like at some point we have to start to make the changes that we have control over. Yeah. Yeah. Gentlemen told me that earlier today too. Yeah. Like there's some shit we can't control. Mm-hmm. We ain't about to go in and change no bills and ballots no time soon. Yeah, well, you can continue to work at it. Just like I mean, not, absolutely. To granddad's thing. He could he could absolutely. have sat there and he could have just taken. He could have been pretty upset that he didn't. He wasn't afforded the opportunity to become a pilot, and he could have been like, you know, I want to just live off the government. But he didn't. No, he absolutely. applied himself. He became a janitor, and then from becoming a janitor, he worked his way up at the post office and ended up managing hundreds of employees and yeah. retired. Right, and he's fine. Right, absolutely. Yeah, so it's the same thing. It's a personal responsibility thing, but we can't. I think um, we all play a role in that too, or we have the power to help redirect or create opportunities for other folks. And at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it's their decision. Um, and then we should still have a standard or and or expectation as well. Or everyone should have a standard or, or an expectation. Uh, uh, a standard expectation of what? As far as this is how we rock in, in a community. We Absolutely. don't allow if there's if you see like last summer, I think it was last summer, or the summer before last. I was just driving through Rockwood, saw this huge group of uh, girls just fighting. I'm like, for what? You know, are people just going to sit and watch it? Record and that were, shit. I did. And I sat there. I was like, well. You can't. I, I asked why. What are y'all fighting for? And I called the call the cops. And I just sat there. But at the same time, many folks in the community would say. I heard in interviews one of the guys that Misha interviewed uh, years before that said that they just they're just fighting. They're fighting by themselves. So we're just going to let them do that. You can't. There has to be. Uh, there, there's got to be a standard as but far for, as like, for, it's like, it's like us, how do you respond? But to for that? us, that's not a cop issue. That's a us it's, it's issue. A, but even for us, we allow like we. We're like they. One of the fellows was like, "They and, need a fight to get it out." But I was like, "There's got to be another another way." No, but I feel like even like there has to be a protocol or something for us to hold e- ourselves and each other accountable. So you're saying fighting is, is no? That, I'm okay. not saying that, but I'm saying that there should be something in place in our community that you shouldn't have been the only one that wants to stop that. Yeah, those girls shouldn't even want to fight. Like I was saying something about like. I was talking in a previous episode with one of my co-hosts about like uh, Jay-Z and uh, the question was why he hasn't bought Marcy Projects. Mm -hmm. And basically he was saying like he should buy it and he should basically make people comfortable enough to go stay in Marcy Projects just like and they should he should pay them like some money to clean up trash around the neighborhood and shit like that. Like, Mm -hmm. And for me it's like Doing that is not helping us grow or elevate as a community at mm-hmm. all. That's letting people stay stagnant and comfortable with a bunch of bullshit. Mm-hmm. And I feel like sometimes as a community, we don't want to grow or change. We want to be able to continue to do the dumbass shit we do and have people accept us for it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's bullshit. Mm-hmm. And until we can change that, there's no program in the world. There's nothing that we can be given from the government that's going to really be effective. Mm-hmm. It has to start with us, I feel like. Yeah. 
And it has to start with a mindset. It has to start with like a mentality. It has to start with the culture. Yeah, I, of I unity, I, peace, love. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. And then does that that make sense? That makes sense. But the thing that I'm learning, like, is like the that, fact that you had to sit on the side of the road and call the cops because for one, nobody's stopping it. For two, that they they literally will sit there and just keep fighting if no one breaks it up. Yeah, like that's bullshit. That's the culture. I mean, that's the conditioning, though, and that's something that I'm I'm. That's, how that's do we another break? Person. How do we break that code? Yeah, it's conversations like this and and meeting people where they're at. There's reasons why people are fighting. One, you don't know what's going on in their in their home or oh, their, in their saying, home life not... or in their environment. I, I know you're not saying that. I'm just saying that we have to meet people where they are, um, provide opportunities, whether it's through work or whatever or what have you, and then stop. And when you see stuff like that, say something and try to uh, try to mediate. You know, that's yeah. and then and then in my mind, I'm reminding myself that we have. 400 plus years of conditioning right um and yes we should take individual personal responsibility but those are the things that i take into consideration when those types of things are happening right you know i could write them off and be like okay well let's just allow these things to happen you know but that's not and and people do do that people are just like i I do agree that people need to be able to get out their aggressions and stresses and angers and all that different things but yeah wanting to fight and cause harm to one another is like it should be a very in last resort, but I don't. We've all been there though, dude. I get there pretty frequent, honestly. Yeah, yeah, but it's been a while. But I'm just saying, we all we've been there. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, you're right. We do all get there. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not trying to look turn my nose down at anybody yeah. or try to act like I'm better than or anything of those sorts. So I just, I guess what I'm saying is. Um, I don't know. I just feel like we have more power and control over our outcome than we make. Like we do, and I feel like it's not other people's jobs to really fix us. I agree, but there's is that, that is that stupid for me to no think? no. But there's a lot of people out there that want to help. No, absolutely. You know? absolutely. So it's like, and sometimes the help isn't helping. And and there's a book. It's a Christian book. It's called When Helping Hurts, and it's all about poverty alleviation and. You can't. You, you can't lost me when you say Christian. I, I had to throw that out there just so you just oh, so you okay. knew. Sorry. Uh, it's a faith based book, but it just talks about just when helping. When does it hurt? You know, yeah, when, yeah, when yeah. you're not allowing folks to really grow. When when yeah. you're where where you're hurt, where you're uh, helping turns into more or less enabling, it, it and it doesn't change. Yeah. Absolutely. Um. So yeah. But so I guess so. After all this, and you you see that the community is torn. Mm-hmm. Dre got killed. Mm-hmm. Um. At, at what point did you start? What steps were you starting to take to make the changes in the community and become more involved and have a bigger impact on that? Yeah, that was two years. Two years after Dre passed, Misha did that project, I believe. It was like a year or two. And then sharing my story. And then after that, folks from the city and just community organizations in the area mm-hmm. just asked me to participate in listening sessions. Mm-hmm. And that was uh, where they were sharing, like, what's happening. They invite community members come out to come out and then share what they would like to see um, in their community be built up or and or programs. Um, and then I participated in some of their community engagement efforts at the city of Gresham on different development projects. Yeah. And just continue to participate in those types of conversations and request meetings with, like, the city councilors and directors of diff- various departments just so I can learn okay. about, like, their how they operate and just different uh, things that are available to, to the city. Okay. I feel that. Yeah. And so through that process, 
how did you end up becoming Councilman Vincent Arrow Jones Dick? Yeah, yeah. You forgot the Kamako Kalani, man. Kamako Kalani. Yeah. So that that <laughs> idea popped into my head, or that the um, the thought popped into my head as far as running four years ago. Uh, actually, it was like twenty six. Yeah, twenty sixteen. And um, and that that was just birthed out of folks encouraging me to consider it based off of my contributions in the city at the time. And then um, and just what just the need as far as having a different perspective on council. I didn't think I was ready because I didn't know how the city operated as far as like the city of Gresham, the city of Gresham. Yeah, specifically, I didn't know how they operated. And I was just like, who am I? That's what I thought at the time. And then. Recently, this last May, I decided to put my name in the hat or to run this November. Okay. And then George Floyd passed. Um, I was I, reading that somebody, something happened where somebody stepped down. Yeah. And then, so what happened was it, essentially they ended up doing like a speedy election. Yeah. And you got placed unanimously in that seat. Yeah. And so essentially, you're not supposed to be on this seat until this coming November yeah. or whenever the election would have happened. Yeah. Okay, that's, that's pretty dope. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So people really uh, like your efforts and your contribution. I would say so. Okay. Um, is as far as like politics in general, mm-hmm. like, can you, what is, what is your goal? Like, what is your end goal? Like, is yeah. it just to become, to affect the city of Grusha? I mean, of course, as you're a councilman on that on that city council, you want to affect your city and make the biggest contribution to Gresham. Mm-hmm. But like, is that your end goal in politics? Yeah, my end goal, my goal right now is just to one get elected in November. Okay. Um, with and with that, uh, just to continue to build community through three through three pa- platforms or three focuses. Okay. Uh, one is um, public safety or defining community policing in East in East County specifically in Gresham. Okay. Uh, and then the second one is just community engagement, so meeting folks where they are and involving them in the process as it pertains to things that are happening or things that impact them in their communities. Okay. Um, with a focus on those that have been most marginalized and folks that are traditionally haven't been a part of these conversations. So right. just being intentional about reaching out to them on that and then the uh, third thing is just ownership so that's both home ownership and then entrepreneurship absolutely um, economics so economics yeah uh so just creating uh just being intentional about creating ways for people to tap in uh tap in means you know what tap in means hopefully yeah but i i might know but they don't yeah so so for people just creating opportunities for folks to um to get uh take advantage not even take advantage, but just um, to become homeowners or open up a business. It's like uh, a hand down, like a hand down or no, a hand an inv- up. It's sorry, a, it's a hand up and an invitation. There you go. There's a lot of opportunities in in Gresham right. and um, in a lot of different av- avenues for folks to increase. So buy buy houses out in Gresham. Well, just entre- entrepreneurial opportunities. Oh, okay. Um, and then also for for housing, um, as far as the planning is concerned, hopefully they'll uh, there'll be more development, and um, that's one of the things that I'm pushing pushing is forward. development of housing development the residential areas yeah residential areas and then also housing for medium income income families it kind of seems like they're trying to like uh it's like getting bought up and redeveloped it's in the process of becoming like a a bigger city in, in gresham yeah. yeah we're definitely growing for sure yeah yeah for sure because even the downtown is even more like underdeveloped i feel like it is and Very so much like so. i feel like it's but it's in the process of becoming something 
nicer. And yeah. Not nicer, but there's more there's more amenities. There's more attractions. There's more things to do. Yeah. It's not like an office building here and an office building there. There's a bar. There's a restaurant. Yeah. There. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not. I guess what like what do you see for Gresham's future? Like mm-hmm. as far as like community building and different things like that. Yeah. I feel I feel I see just a culture. Um, the, the culture. Uh, just just a huge sense of community, and what I what I envision is folks like uh, just spaces where people can just be themselves, and where um, where everyone is just comfortable. I'll just yeah. keep it simple, just comfortable. Uh, sometimes when you're walking down the street, if you're a person of color or whoever, you just don't feel comfortable. I want people to say is hello. It, is that you know? is that is it's, that is that actual reality though? Yeah, dude, I think I think so. I think it so, can be. So uh, essentially what you want is you want people to um be able to like they want you want people to like so at po- at one point you're going to you want somebody's voice to be censored. I want and, mm-hmm. go ahead. So I feel like yeah, it, it like I don't agree with racism. Uh-huh. I do not agree with hate speech. But I do agree that people have the right to feel how the fuck you want without yeah. it affecting my life. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. And so, like, if you censor and shut up a group of people because it's not following what you're... What you want. It's, isn't that kind of like against what a, being American is? Yeah. I I agree. I agree. And and there's examples of that. I mean, I, mean, I don't agree with these Trump people, but yeah. I mean... You like, have to when you look at a situation, you just can't be one sided. Yeah, yeah, of course, it, it's a nonpartisan seat, right? In this in this capacity, I mean, right. you represent everyone, absolutely. Um, there, yeah, you should have a standard as far as like we're not going to allow you to to because I don't feel like anybody. every I don't feel like everybody that essentially voted for Donald Trump happens to hate black people. I yeah, you know what I mean. Not. Like yeah. I, I don't agree with that. Yeah, so I feel like. Sometimes politics gets like, how do you really? How do you plan it on? With, it starts with the conversation. I'm I'm already doing that. So okay. we have. There's been rallies. You get what I'm saying? You I, do, what, I do. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll show you some. Share with uh, examples and examples. I have plenty of examples. I think the uh, we have to be uh, one. We have to learn to to listen to each other. Right. And you have to create space for people to share their truths. Absolutely. And you have to respect that. Um, and those are things that I'm, I've already been, that I've been doing over the last seven years. Right. I had to do it in the death care industry. I'm a Christian, but I'm not going to serve a Muslim um, because of their beliefs are different. No, I'm going to meet them where they are. I'm going to share with them what their options are, and I'm going to honor their wishes as it pertains to stuff. Grant, I'm not. We're not going to let somebody put up like a burning cross or anything in the middle of Gresham or <laughs> throw, fly the Confederate flag or or anything like that. But still, right. and what that looks like in Gresham specifically, we've had a series of rallies. Uh, and the thing that I've always done the last two or three times I've I'll engage with the organizers on both sides, both right. the supporters of BLM and then those that oppose counterparts. Yeah, the, that those that are there to counter protest just so I know and understand counter protest. Yeah, right. uh, th- know and understand like what is your purpose? Why are you there? Right. Um, and then just to hear you hear you and, and if you want to stand there, fine, but you're not gonna fight. You right, know, that's right, not right, right. that's my thing. But everybody deserves the right to share their piece but at the same time the expectation is that you'll listen as right. well so and that's what i've said to the those that are opposed to 
BLM or just in general or, or that support Trump or whoever, President Trump or whoever. Um, so I think it's just listening, uh, creating space for conversations to happen, um, and then ultimately just committing to all of us working together to ensure that we're building a community that's uh, where everyone feels comfortable. Everybody, right? And, it has to be everybody. Be the, it doesn't, it, and everyone the, can be their best selves, not just right. comfortable being a racist. It's comfortable where everybody can be. I'm their not best saying selves. you need to make a comfortable for being racist but what i'm saying is racist in general is terrible yeah but i don't feel like everybody that is a counter protester of blm mm-hmm. has to be they're not racist they're not they're not. i mean so for me it's yeah. like when you look at it like some of the importance are valid like nigga you fucking up traffic <laughs> you slowing up traffic I can't get No mom made that You know what I mean ago, Like yeah. I'm just saying Like there could be Some people just really Out there like Bro y'all doing the most Like we hear you Yeah Get out of the road Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know what I'm saying Yeah Well you gotta talk to The folks at City Hall That are making those changes In order so, so those changes Can go by faster Right uh, Cause obviously folks Don't feel heard And that's why They're out there On the streets Right uh, So that's the That's the That's the reason Why people are Folks are protesting You know I mean, I, I do I do get the reason, but I feel like through the time mm-hmm. the agenda has shifted. It has. Luckily it's gonna be regrounded here with some of the, the different This folks. Saturday we're gonna be a part of that contribution. Yeah. yeah, yeah. As far as like folks that are doing the marches and stuff and right. even the leaders are saying, Yeah, we have to they have the agenda has been not even the agenda, but the call to action has been hijacked and right. it's not centered around African American voices here in right. Portland. Um, and we're going to recenter that and make it clear that's why we are here and all that other stuff that's happening. Y'all got to get out the. the, get out the I understand that, and I think um, I, I'm I'm gonna be there with you this uh, this weekend with my my beautiful media team. Yeah, and uh, we're gonna make we're gonna cover you and your appearance there. But I, I was talking to you about this earlier before is yeah. I, I, I get nervous about it because I don't want the you mm-hmm. or your campaign or your mm-hmm. voice mm-hmm. being um, not heard all the way because of some of the antics that some of the previous protests have had. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And so I hope this weekend that is clearly stated the motive, the objective, mm-hmm. and the agenda, and we don't have any shenanigans because I feel like it's not like I'm not trying to say like we need to protect your name or whatever, but it's just like like what's what's the why? Yeah, like yeah. If we're not if we're out here just doing a bunch of rah rah, yeah, that's pointless. Yeah. If we're raising awareness and we actually have a, a motive, yeah, we have a strict idea and something that we're trying to get across to yeah. the people, yeah completely different yeah i think right now the thing that we're going to this weekend it's actually i, I don't think i know it's elevating the voices of african-american of black americans and recentering the post and recentering around just that that fact okay. alone and then um and then there's um yeah just that's 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 step step number one and creating space for those conversations to happen mm-hmm. and then also talking specifics as it pertains to, to policy uh, a specific policy that right. can change within the city of portland um and what have you and just talking and, and talking about about that and why that why that matters right so that's the first specific ask and then the ask will continue to to grow or the demands will continue to to grow so i think it's um yeah so that's that's the main purpose over this weekend and then we'll just move forward from there 
And then for, as far as my, my name, I, I encourage folks to just do their research uh, and don't just go off of this one event or the two events that have happened. Um, for me, I'm everybody knows that at my core is creating space for conversations for everyone to be heard. Right. Um, I think that's extremely important because it's not just, again, it's not just one side or the other. We all need to be at the table in order to come up with the solution. And make a community that works for everybody. Exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. Absolutely. All right. But uh, I really appreciate you for coming out, bro. Yeah, man. Asking some questions. Yeah. I asked, I, I, man, we answered a lot of stuff. This um, is the first of many. Oh. Um, all right, I'm, I'm going to throw some things out there real quick. Just yeah. I'm going to run down the list so that we can touch on some things just for, like, campaigning reasons. Yeah, yeah. Define police, reform the police. What does that mean? Define the police, reform the police? Yeah, what is for that? For me? Yeah. Or, or for Gresham specifically? Yeah, what is that? Like, is that a slogan yeah. or is that, like, a, a phrase that you have? Yeah, define it. Well, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When folks say defund, I say define. So, okay. Yeah. People always say defund, defund, defund. I say define. So define, 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 work with the community to define what this community policing look like for us in Gresham. Um, and, uh, and it's not just the community, it's community working with the command staff and council to define, to define that. Um, so that's what that means for me. Okay. Thank you for being a part of the podcast. You're welcome. Coming on and telling us a little bit about Vincent. Um, if somebody wanted to follow you, where they where could they find you at? Yeah, they can find me at Vince for Gresham. Um, that's my Instagram, Facebook, same thing, uh, Twitter, same thing. So Vince the number four Gresham. Vince for Gresham. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, don't forget you can follow us on our Instagram at idk period shit period podcast. There you will find our links to all of our streaming platforms as well as our YouTube link. To watch each episode. Whether you're a new listener or a dedicated fan, leave us a review and five stars at that. We don't want no fours. <laughs> <laughs> Let us know what you think of the podcast and maybe some ideas for future episodes. Also, looking for fitness gears or supplements? We have a collab with a fitness brand, FNX Fit. So click the link in the bio. And enter IDK Shit Fit at checkout to get 15% off your order. They have pre workout, whey protein, CBD oil, workout apparel, plus more. It's your boy, Mr. Handcrafted, Vince Jones Dixon, and we out of here. Bye.